For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome into this new edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. I am your host, Ryan Stone, Believe Podcast, the network for professionals. Joined in this week by another uh, special guest. He is the play-by-play voice for uh, Duke football and basketball. David Shoemate joining us on the uh, on the show this week. David, uh, appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, obviously, I mean, I guess we got to start with what's kind of currently on everybody's mind. Uh, with COVID-19 and, and everything that's going on. I, I know that, you know, Duke and most of the Tobacco Road schools have started bringing their athletes back to uh, the campus. Uh, from what you've heard, how has that been going at Duke? I mean, as you know, we're talking, it's, it's late July, July 28th, and um, they're in the middle of just doing workouts right now. I haven't really gotten into camp a couple weeks away for, from getting that process started. And I think there's a little bit of Cautious optimism is the best way I would put it. I think there, there's obviously an unknown uh, about this, not only from the collegiate athletic standpoint, but what's going to happen when the student body returns to campus. Duke made some announcements this coming, this past week, I should say, uh, on that front about first semester, it's going to be freshmen and sophomores um, on campus, and second semester, it's going to be juniors and seniors. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of unknowns, but I think the, the thought process here is, you know, to use a terrible metaphor, don't try to eat the entire apple at the same time. Just take a bite, take a step forward, see what happens. I think the desire is there to play, not just for football, but but all of the fall sports. Um, but as you've kind of been hearing uh, across the country, the, the pandemic is front and center and health and safety is first and foremost. And they're just going to kind of follow along those guidelines and, and see where it takes us over the next couple of months. Yeah, no question about it. I, another thing that, that's obviously been affected and talked about is the schedule. Uh, what's going to happen with the football schedule? That's, that's the big question. The, the latest thing I've seen discussed is that the ACC has been discussing and won't announce, it doesn't seem, until August, probably, early August. But the latest I've seen is that they would probably go to a 10-game conference schedule and then a plus one, which would allow for your rivalry games like outside of the conference, like Clemson, South Carolina, and things like that. What If that was the case, what kind of impact do you think that would have uh, on these teams and the schools? Yeah, first of all, let me just put the preface on it that 
I don't know if that's what's being discussed. <laughs> they certainly don't have me um, in the room. So one way or the other, who knows how this is going to shake out because the ACC obviously hasn't made any official determinations like the Pac-12 or the Big Ten that are going conference only. But I do think you're right that there are some of these historical, uh, particularly the ACC-SEC rivalries, that there's an appetite on both sides to, to keep those alive. I think the the driving force amongst all of this, where I think it's a little bit easier to do those sorts of things, is making sure that the testing and safety protocols are consistent between programs that, that are going to be playing each other. Because football is, by definition, a high-contact sport. You're, you're going to be tackling guys. You're going to be all over guys. So you want to make sure anyone you're playing is, is using the same testing protocols um, that you guys are. And just to be frank, different levels of college athletics and different levels of college football have different levels of resources to be able to accomplish those tasks. And I think that's going to shape as much as anything how teams go about creating a schedule and trying to have as complete a schedule as possible so you might get into, you know, a 10, 11, 12 conference game schedule. You might get into all of your opponents are conference opponents, but some of those games might not count towards your conference record. I mean, you, you could go a bunch of different ways with this. Yeah, certainly, certainly the case. I, I do wonder, you know, particularly after what happened earlier this week with the Marlins uh, in the MLB, and you know, you don't know, you don't know where where all it, where it came from exactly, obviously, but you you would think that maybe traveling the way that they are right now would have some impact. Now, obviously, football, you're not going to travel like a pro baseball team does, but there is travel involved. So I do wonder how much. Uh, of an impact that will have on what what comes in the next couple of weeks for college athletics. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that that goes into the protocols that everyone's trying to keep in place in terms of social distancing, um, masking. It, you're, you know, college sports is not approaching this from the bubble side of things that the NBA is looking at or the NHL is looking at. So there's inherently uh, an element of risk as you go into this and, and being reliant upon uh, people to stay within those protocols and be as careful as possible and kind of follow the research to what's going to be safe. And I'm sure they're applying that to, to anything, whether they get on a plane, a bus, in a hotel room, all that stuff is going to be part of the thought process to try to keep this as small a group as possible, have as few as people as possible in contact with the actual players and the coaches. Um, but if it was easy, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if it was easy, it would be uh, it would be solved already. The problem the problem seems to be there is no one size fix all for it. Uh, unfortunately, at uh, at this point, you know, we're talking to David Shoemate, uh, the play by play voice for Duke football and basketball. Speaking of uh, Duke football, uh, Coach Cutcliffe has obviously become well known across the country for doing more with less. Uh, pretty much always outperforming his uh, his expectations. So, with that said. What are, what are your expectations for this fall's Duke football team? Yeah, and, and David Cutcliffe, for his entire tenure here, has kind of leaned into that sentiment, right? He, he will, you'll hear him say over and over again, Duke is a developmental program. So you're not going to have guys coming in, or it's pretty rare to have a guy come in that's, you know, four- or five-star recruit that's going to start as a freshman and off we go. But by the same token, by the time they get to their junior and senior years and they're seeing more playing time, I put them on par with any, you know, highly recruited youngster that's going to come in maybe at another program. And, and that's because they've been under the tutelage of David Cutcliffe. And, you know, you're talking about the upcoming season. I think there's several things to watch. I think Duke has the potential to be a top five defense in the ACC um, because of what they have returning along the defensive line. Chris Rump is a name that gets thrown around a lot. 
he's kind of a hybrid player that gets brought in on specialty packages. <clears throat> you know, we joked with him when he first got here, he wasn't big enough to play along the defensive line. Um, but he maybe uh, wasn't quite the perfect fit at linebacker. And what they've done is they've created a position for him where he can kind of float in between. And, and he's kind of a nightmare. And then you've got a guy like Victor Dimukeji, who's a true defensive end that is going to be playing football on Sundays. Um, the defensive front for Duke is going to be very good. Some new pieces at linebacker, but in the secondary, they're going to be very good as well. And a key piece that I think is going to be special this year for Duke is a guy, Mark Gilbert, who we haven't seen since the fall of 2018 when he dislocated his hip uh, in a game at Northwestern. Missed the rest of that year, missed all of this past season. A, a very difficult injury to rehab from, but I've seen him in practice. I've talked to him. He looks great. And in that fall, he, he was a preseason All-American corner. So, so that's the type of guy that can totally change a football game shutting down half of a football field. So I think defensively is going to be the strength of this team. Um, but I do think a lot of people are going to be looking to see what happens on the offensive side of things because the other big piece of news in the offseason was David Cutcliffe is, quote, unquote, taking over the offense. He's taking over the play calling. He's going to be working with the quarterbacks. He's done this before. Obviously, he was an offensive coordinator before he became a head coach. Um, and when he was a head coach at times, he called the plays. So this isn't new for him. Um, but I think there's a lot of expectations about what he can do and, and what's going to come out of that quarterback room. Duke hasn't named a starter, but they got a bunch of guys in the mix. Um, you look at Chase Bryce, Gunnar Holmberg, uh, Luca Diamant. On down the line, it's going to be an interesting competition. I think nationally a lot of people think, well, Chase Bryce is going to be the starting quarterback, uh, the transfer from Clemson. But uh, I, I do think there's going to be a little bit of competition before they settle on a starter. I did have uh, Phil Steele on last week, and that was – that was his assumption was that Chase Bryce was going to be the starter. So I think you're right about the, uh, the national picture on, uh, on that. I, so what's it, what's it like for you getting to work with a coach like Coach Cutcliffe that's you know, so renowned and so respected across the country and you know, has, has relationships with, the, with Peyton Manning and, and you know, many other guys? It's a treat. I mean, you know, there's a couple of different ways you can look at it. I mean, Coach Cut's a great guy. And through interviews and, and time we have to practice and things like that, to sit down and, and listen to him tell stories. Um, yes, about football, but, but more so about people. Um, over the years, obviously, his relationship with the Mannings, all the way back to his days at Tennessee. And, and he's just a walking piece of history. And, and he knows football so well, but he's got so many life lessons to pass along. He's got such an inspirational, personal story. Um, but, but then you get the piece of this, and, and obviously get asked a lot about this <clears throat> on the basketball side of things as well, to be able to watch someone who is so gifted at what they do, um, and in my perspective, obviously on the basketball side of things, but on the football side of things as well, the best at what they do, if not one of the best at what they do, and to watch you know, the way David Cutcliffe goes around to practice, the, the way he teaches, the way he motivates, the way he gets the team going. Um, it's a treat, and, and you can watch someone who is elite at what they do. And, and to be able to see that up close week in, week out, day in and day out is special. And, and you know, someone who is so gifted but, but maybe doesn't walk um, around with the arrogance of, of others that might be equally as gifted, if that makes sense. Yeah, certainly uh, understand where, where you're coming from, kind of kind of along the same lines with this with this next question as I switch gears a little bit over to the basketball side of things uh what's what's it like getting to work with that the Duke basketball program which is you know top three or four in the country as far as 
uh, historic programs and, you know, getting to work with uh, the guy that by most people is considered uh, the best coach in, in the country, if not in history of college basketball. It's a treat. I mean, some of the same things about seeing excellence up close, but I think the thing that's cool for me is basketball is obviously a smaller number of guys that you're working with, and it's a smaller group of folks. Um, and everyone knows Coach K as the fierce competitor, and, and they know him as this icon in the game of basketball. Uh, this is going to be my fourth year coming up. I'm going to know him as this guy with a wry sense of humor who's always going to poke you, who's always got a joke, and and is genuinely curious what's going on with you and what's going on in your life. And you think, you're Coach K, why in the world do you care what I've got going <laughs> on today? Um, but that's the kind of guy he is. And, and I think, you know, that, that is one of the really treats of being in the program. Outside the program, you're not going to see that as much at any school. Um, but to be inside and, and see what he does at Duke and, and to see, you know, these elite players that come in and obviously have tremendous careers – um, in the NBA, but to see how bought they bought in they are uh, to the college game and, and what Duke is doing, and to see guys like, you know, let's be frank, Marvin Bagley the third. I mean, you look at Zion Williamson, you you look at Trey Jones and Cassius. I mean, I go on down the list to see these guys that are so gifted and are going to make so much money in the NBA and rightfully so, be in awe of someone and to be totally sucking up every bit of knowledge and energy they can. And that's what it's like to be to do basketball practice. Everyone is just soaking as much knowledge as they can from Coach K. It's kind of cool to see up close. Yeah, no, I certainly imagine that 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 is the case. You mentioned a lot of those NBA guys. Uh, when when it comes to you know the past Duke guys, you hear them refer to you know being in that Duke lineage as a brotherhood. Uh, do you have a, an example of, you know, you know how strong that, that brotherhood is that you can kind of share? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the thing is that makes that work is obviously it's the tenure of coach, right? He just completed his 40th season. So not only are all of his assistants former players, but all these guys, when they come back to campus, not only are they coming back to their alma mater, they're coming back to their coach. Um, but I, I think about the respect and the reverence that these guys have for the program, even before coach took over. And, and, you know, the thing that I vividly remember, this was my first year, a couple of years ago, Jeff Capel, who's now the, the head coach at Pittsburgh was the associate head coach here. And we were getting ready to play a game um, up at Pittsburgh, a conference game. And he, you know, while doing the scouting report, while getting by ready to play, goes back where they have, you know, all the T-shirts and stuff that the team uses and, and puts a bag together. And when we get up there, um, he gave it to Dick Grote. Uh, Dick Grote, obviously a legendary basketball player at Duke. His, his jersey hangs in the rafters. Um, but a lot of people, you know, attach him to Pittsburgh lore because of what he did in Major League Baseball. Um, and then obviously now uh, he recently retired, but he was the radio analyst for the, for the Pittsburgh men's basketball program. But he wanted Dick Grote to know – that he knew he was a part of the brotherhood as well. So I think that to me are, are the kind of things that, that show that, you know, the guys associated with this know it's so much bigger than each individual team. It's about a brand and it's about, you know, guys being a part of a community and, and a brotherhood, as you say. Yeah. And I think the, the fact that, as you mentioned, all his assistants are former players. So they all, they all want to come back and especially, you know, during the summer when they're having summer runs and summer workouts, you see a ton of those NBA guys come back 
and work out there now. I mean, you used to see them at the Pro-Am uh, when they used to have it in Durham years back, but now you see them uh, just coming to uh, the Duke to work out. So I think that, that says a lot about it too. Yeah, there's no question. And obviously you have um, K Academy, which goes on every year where, where guys have a chance to come live that fantasy experience and players come back and, you know, they're coaching and, and trying to win uh, the mini tournament that week to see what's going on, but it's special. And, and they have connections not only to Mike Krzyzewski, but Will Stevens, who's been uh, the strength and conditioning coach for a very long time here at Duke. And, and they come back because uh, to them, this is their community. And, and this is something they're always connected to. And, and when they have a day off, even the NBA, Zion came back for a game this year. Gary Trent Jr. has been back. This is a place that they call home, whether they spent one year here, four years here, or anywhere in between. Um, it, it's just a place they can feel comfortable and, and know that they'll always be welcome. Yeah, certainly. Uh, certainly appears to uh, be the case. And we're talking to the play-by-play voice of Duke football and basketball, David Shoemate. I It, it does seem like uh, going into – this basketball season for Duke, right? And we're still a few months away. It's kind of going to be a different type of team just because there, there isn't that huge recruit. I mean, they had a really good recruiting class, obviously, but there isn't that obvious star. Uh, they have a couple guys coming back. So, so what, you know, just kind of a few months out, what, what do you think about, you know, what Duke is bringing in and has coming back this coming season? We'll be interesting because the team will get back on campus here in the next couple of weeks and start doing some workouts. And I, I think that's when you learn the most about the team as you see things start to gel because, you know, <clears throat> it's become in vogue and, and fairly uh, for Duke right now that everyone looks almost exclusively at the freshman class in terms of what's coming in. Um, but you've got guys that are returning that are going to be big pieces of this as well. A, a guy like Wendell Moore Jr. who had to miss several games because of an injury last year. I think he's going to be a key contributor. Matthew Hurt, who's a walking bucket, is a guy to contribute. you got Jordan Goldwire, who's a defensive specialist. He's going to be um, one of the two seniors on the squad this year. And Joey Baker is back as well, uh, a lethal shooter. But, you know, Jeremy Roach is going to be the point guard this year. I mean, you've got all these different pieces that are going to work together and, and a bunch of newcomers and a grad transfer. Obviously, that's a new wrinkle um, to throw into the mix. So I, I do think it's going to take a while to see what the contours of this team are. Um, but I do think that is what in the last four or five years has been really special to watch with Coach is he doesn't have a system that he imparts on the guys. He's going to watch and see what they do and then build something around that. I mean, you, you think about two years ago, three years ago, halfway through the year, Duke is playing his own defense because that is what made the most sense for Bagley and Carter and Gary Trent Jr. and, and DeVal and, and that group. And then two years ago, you know, much more of a pro-style offense where it's giving Zion and RJ the freedom to drive. Um, and then last year, obviously, uh, defensive emphasis was, was the thing that Duke was trying to do. So I, I think it's hard to pinpoint right now what's going to be the key. I think after a couple of weeks, once Coach gets his hands around it, he's going to build something that works for these guys. And, and don't be surprised to see Duke, you know, on that one-two seed line again. Yeah, nobody, nobody's ever surprised when, uh, when that ends up happening. No question about that. Uh, I, I did want to ask you, you personally, because I, I asked Jones Angel, the play-by-play guy for UNC, a similar question a couple weeks ago. You, you stepped into to some big shoes uh, in, in what was you know, legendary Bob Harris's uh, job after he had been there 41 years. What was, that, uh, what was that experience like for you, stepping into that role after uh, a legend? Well, 
to, to your point, I would change something you said slightly. It was his job and it will always be his job. Um, <laughs> Bob did this for more than four decades and, and he will always be uh, the voice of this program. And, and he's a legend. And, and he and I got together shortly after I got the position and we went and grabbed lunch. And, and he gave me the advice I'll never forget of don't try to be me, be you. Um, so the, the thing that I hope that I can do is, is come in and build upon his legacy and what he's done. Um, and what he's done, in my perspective, is he's shown a, a passion for Duke and a passion for these student athletes and telling their stories. And, and I think we're very similar in that respect and, and how we want to do this. There, there's a certain, you know, there's a I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. There's, there's a level of gravitas that comes with Duke, both academically and athletically. And, and I think you're doing a disservice in covering the team if you don't embrace that. You, you shouldn't shy away from that. And I don't think Bob ever shied away from that, and, and I don't shy away from that. Um, there's a standard that's been built by a lot of guys um, who have been very successful. And, and I think to be able to pick up that mantle obviously is an honor. But um, in some respects, it's challenging. But in some respects, uh, it's very easy because it can't be done, so you don't try to do it. <laughs> that's a good that's a good way of looking at it, I guess. <laughs> like, like you said, he's been there for uh, 41 years. And certainly, like you said, uh, will always be a part of that program, no question. And just kind of to piggyback off that, uh, just kind of, you know, your your personal story, how you ended up uh, where you are as the Duke play-by-play uh, -play man now. No, for sure. Um, uh, it's funny, I'm four years in, I, I told a lot of these stories my first year. I haven't really <laughs> – <laughs> But uh, no, I was, um, I grew up in an army family, uh, moved around the country quite a bit, uh, went to college at Appalachian State, did the women's games there for uh, my last couple of years, and then got into broadcasting with uh, what we call in the business, the multimedia rights holder, which is a fancy term for the, you know, the organization that sells the marketing and, and advertising and in-venue signage and stuff like that. Um, and was running broadcasts for them and kind of worked my way up managing their broadcast facility and, and had a chance to call some national games for them and, and do some stuff around the country. Uh, a lot of it tied to their rights with the, the SEC championships and, and doing some stuff with the Mid-American Conference um, and some stuff with the ACC as well. And had an opportunity uh, in Bob's last couple of years when he had conflicts with football and basketball uh, to, to be able to fill in for him and, and do some games and, and got a chance to, to know some of the folks over at Duke, particularly on the basketball side, because that was the team I was working with. Um, and just love the guys I, work, I worked with, even though it was just for small amounts of time, got to know them and um, threw my name into the ring and uh, somehow drew the right number, got lucky in the process. But it, it's been a real treat to be here for uh, these three years and, and going on number four. It's a, it's a great place to work. Um, obviously it's a lot of fun to cover both programs as successful as they are. Uh, but for me, it's the people, it's the coaches for sure. Um, but also these kids and getting to tell their stories and, and be able to share that, uh, with the Duke fans who may or may not know them as closely as I do. Um, that to me is what makes this job fun. Yeah, no, no question about it. And we've been talking to uh, the David Shoemate, who's the play-by-play -play voice for Duke. Football and basketball. David, I appreciate uh, you joining us on uh, the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast this week. We'd love to have you back on again sometime. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, that's good stuff from, uh, from David Shoemate, the play-by-play -play voice for Duke football and basketball. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. As always, you can download and subscribe on Apple and Spotify.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.